Now it's time for the Disney View podcast. Please move across your car to make room for everyone. Our podcast will begin momentarily. Join Dave as he makes his Grand Circle tour around the Walt Disney World Resort. Dave is a dreamer and an engineer who enjoys the magic and wonder of it all, but understands Disney's place in history and respects the legacy that's been left. Come along and hear Dave's thoughts about Walt Disney World and see it through Dave's eyes. Please stand clear of the podcaster. Por favor, manténganse alejado del David. And now, here's your host. Hey everyone, it's Dave. Welcome to another edition of Dave's Disney View Podcast. Well, one of the questions I got recently from a listener was, what are my top 10 things, the things that I like to do in the Magic Kingdom? And I thought it was time to kind of give that an answer and talk about my 10 favorite things to do in order in the Magic Kingdom. Now, I'll include in here some things like the rides, some shows, some attractions, some food, different things that I like to do. Now, you have to keep in mind that I don't really like roller coasters. I, they make me really queasy and uncomfortable, so I don't ride roller coasters. So you will not see any roller coasters on my list. But given that I know other people do, I'll mention them in here about the time that I would put them in if I were going to ride a roller coaster, kind of the sequence of events of when I would sneak in a roller coaster and what I would do. Now, when I go to the Magic Kingdom, the one thing I like to do is uh, head off as I come through the hub. I like to go off to the left and head toward Adventureland first and work my way around to the park so that I end up in Tomorrowland. It just works really well for me. I like the sequence of the things I do that way. I think it comes back to an old sort of philosophy on the things that I used to do when I would have uh, gone to the Magic Kingdom as a child. Because in the grand scheme of things, the sequence was really important. People would come in and they would normally go to the right. They would head to Tomorrowland first and work their way around the other way. So by going to the left, we were kind of being counterintuitive a little bit and going the other way and able to get to things when they were less crowded. Remember in the days before FastPass, you had to think about it this way. It became habit and I still think about the park that way, so that's why I would go in this direction. I'll also tell you as we go through this about which things I would get a FastPass for if I uh, were trying to plan up my day accordingly. So let me run through my top 10 things in the Magic Kingdom. So here we go. So I'd start off by having breakfast at the hotel. I would just pick up a little something to eat, maybe, a, maybe something to kind of get me through the day a little bit. I'd get myself a little coffee and I'd get started. I like to be there for rope drop if I can. So it's nice to get there you know, about 8.30, 8.45 or so. So you have time to see the opening show. The opening show is really great. I'm not including it on my top 10, but it is really good. So try and get there early and get the opening show in. The first thing I would do is go through the gates, take it in for a moment, just enjoy it. Man, walking underneath the train station heading onto Main Street, there's something really special about that. It has a certain, I don't know, just a certain appeal. That's one of those things that really captures me as I go into the Magic Kingdom, it's just that moment. You smell the popcorn. If you go through the left side of the entrance and you work your way through, and I always go through the left side. Why I go through the left side, I can't tell you. It's, again, it's just sort of one of those things that I've always done. I go through the left side, right by the popcorn stand, heading right up toward the Emporium on that side of Main Street. And there's something about it that's really special to me. Every time I go through there, I'm a little kid again. So I like to go through the, uh, the left side, walk up Main Street, kind of take it in for a few moments, and just admire sort of the way it feels. 
there's a certain feeling that you get when you walk through there. You're watching the balloons on Main Street. You're smelling the uh, baked goods. You're looking at Starbucks coffee now. Um, but you start talking to people, and you see people taking pictures. And I'm not afraid to walk up to somebody and just strike up a conversation as I'm walking along because, well, that's half the fun. You start having these conversations with people. It's sort of a random thing. You see how people are enjoying their day as much as you are. So I'll walk up, get to Casey's Corner toward the end of Main Street, and then make a left head in front of the Crystal Palace, make another left, and go toward Adventureland. The first thing I like to do is Pirates of the Caribbean. Now, if I have an opportunity to, I like to get the Fast Pass for it. Why do I get the Fast Pass for the Pirates of the Caribbean when there's really no line? It's so that I can see the pirates playing chess. That's one of my favorite features of the queue and the interactive part of what they do at the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. There's that little dungeon scene where the two pirates are playing chess. You can only see that if you go through the FastPass line. It's kind of silly if you ask me. It seems like it's a better thing to have for the non-FastPass line, for the standby line, but that's the way they chose to do it. So I like to ride Pirates of the Caribbean and just go through and kind of enjoy it and hear the song. Even though it's changed a little bit and you've got a little bit more from the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, you still have the song included in there. And some of the original elements from the Pirates of the Caribbean are still on display today, and it really does make it pretty cool. I love the Pirates of the Caribbean. It is actually one of my favorite attractions in the Magic Kingdom, actually in all of Disney World. And I always make sure I hit the Pirates of the Caribbean when I'm there. Now, if you're lucky and you get there at the right time, you might have a chance to ride it a second time. So you can just get off, get back in line, and ride it again. There is something kind of cool about that when you can do it because it just kind of makes it kind of fun. My son and I, one time, we tried to ride it as many times as we could in a row. And we actually, I think the... The number of times we got through was five, and the line started to build up after that, so we decided not to go on it a sixth time. We went on to something else, but it's kind of fun if you have an opportunity to go back and ride it a second time, because it does make it kind of special if you, uh, if you keep going on it. You can start to capture all these elements, and it becomes there's a certain wow factor that continues to evolve over time, because now you're seeing things, because you know the attraction by heart. You know everything that's going on, but when you start going through it again and again, you kind of become a part of it in a way. And it's kind of fun, and it just it makes it kind of interesting. So if you can, take a second ride, or maybe a third, as you're going through it. Now, what I would do after this is I would actually back up a little bit and go to the Enchanted Tiki Room. I love the Enchanted Tiki Room. It's one of my favorite things based on the fact that it was another one of Walt Disney's original sort of ideas to have this, these birds that were singing to you. Now, I do pirates first. That's just the way I like to do things, but I'll back up and I'll go to the Tiki Room and actually spend some time in there. And the thing about that, since it's a, a continually running show that lasts about 15 minutes or so, you, the maximum you have to wait is about 15 minutes before you get in to see the next show. And you get to see the pre-show for a few minutes, so it's really not so bad. And you get to see uh, Jose and Fritz, Pierre, and the rest of the, uh, the singing tikis. It just, it's such a fun show, and I always like going in there. One of my favorite things to do is to sit in the back row, farthest away from the birds, and look out the window. Well, it's a quasi-window, of course, because it's just got a panorama behind it, where it looks like you're on an island, and there's, uh, there's the waterway behind you, and there's the cloud cover, and there's something kind of neat about that. It just kind of catches a sort of a magical element, even though it's completely trivial and silly, that you've got this, uh, this element that looks like you're outside. And then when the rainstorm comes, it just kind of feels right. There's just something. I grew up in Florida, so it rains every afternoon during the summer. And I have that feeling like I'm home. Even though I am home and I'm, you know, a few, maybe hundred miles from my house, I always have that feeling like I'm home. And it just kind of feels right and it kind of fits in. Again, back to sort of my childhood and always looking out that window. 
it just makes it all work. So that's one of, that would be the second thing I would do when I'm going through the Magic Kingdom. Next off, I would head up and go toward the end, back past Pirates, go around past uh, where Splash Mountain is, and come back through Frontierland. Now, if you were going to ride uh, Splash Mountain, this would be a good time to do it. So if you're going to try and sneak that one in here, good time to kind of uh, slip it in. And uh, I would suggest if it's early in the day, you probably don't need a fast pass for it. Now, if you wanted to, you could do the two mountain experiences, one behind the other, and do the Big Thunder Mountain Railroad right behind it. Again, not being a fan of roller coasters, this is one I probably wouldn't ride myself, but if you want to ride it, this would be a good time to do it. And this one I might get a fast pass for, because for whatever reason, this one tends to back up just a little bit more. I think it has to do with the way that trains kind of come and go and the, the sequence of their dispatch that makes it ride just a little bit slower and it takes a little longer to load, so the queue gets a little bit longer. So you'd probably want to get a fast pass for it in that case. Splash Mountain, on the other hand, I would probably just go ahead and hop on because they seem to dispatch pretty quickly, and the queue never lasts that long, especially early in the day. So that's, that's what I would do. So next up for me, I would continue to walk down through Frontierland, passing all the things in the shops. And, you know, if uh, any of the shows are outside playing, like the Banjo Brothers and Bob, I might stop and watch them for a little while. It's always fun to catch some of that street atmosphere, as they call it, where things are happening and you're just watching things going on. It does kind of make it fun when you can do that as you're walking through. I would continue along and uh, head over toward, uh, make my left and head over toward uh, the Liberty Square area. And then I would head over just a little bit beyond that to go to the Haunted Mansion. So third on my list would be the Haunted Mansion. Now, this is the other attraction that I absolutely love and have to go to every time that I go to the Magic Kingdom. Yeah, it's an old attraction. It's an old favorite. It tells a story that's changed a little bit and evolved a little bit over time. But there's something so cool about the attraction. You know, you go in there and you've got the cast members who are going along with it. They're playing along into the character and they're doing everything that you would expect for someone who's dealing with an old house like this. And it's always fun to go into the Haunted Mansion. And I love to listen to your ghost host telling you the story as you go through the, uh, the, the Haunted Mansion. Now the new features they've added with the interactive part of the Hitchhiking Ghosts makes it that much better. It's really fun to see what they're gonna do to you every time. You look ahead and you can see the couple of uh, Hitchhiking Ghosts that are in a couple of cars ahead of you. And then they get to you and they're doing something kind of whimsical and fun. Now I know they've been working on and they've tested a couple of times them talking to you a little bit and being interactive based on the things that are uh, that you have, uh, you know, that are on your magic band. So if you're lucky, that will be turned on and you'll get to see that too. That's pretty cool. And uh, you get to ride through it and, and go through to the end. The queue, the line feature has changed over a period of time here where the line itself is longer because they have a fast pass for it now, which doesn't really make sense. I like going through the graveyard on the outside don't see the need to get the fast pass for it. I'd rather wait a little longer and kind of hang around and be a little interactive and have some fun in the queue than actually just kind of skip through it and go right on the ride. I think the queue is half the fun. You know, go read the uh, tombstones and whatever. It just makes it kind of, kind of interactive and fun. Now, if you've played your day right and you've kind of gone through these things, you probably would be through them in, you know, an hour or so. Now, you might, depending on the things that you're doing, uh, you might do some other uh, activities along the way. You might do a little shopping. You might uh, stop off somewhere and do some other things. You might head back over and hit a couple of the attractions in Fantasyland that I don't put on my list here, like maybe you want to run on It's a Small World or Peter Pan. And Peter Pan, I always recommend you get a Fast Pass for. Though the queue is much more interesting now, I think the Fast Pass is still wor worthwhile for Peter Pan because the line is just so long. Uh, so I might do a couple of those things and spend a little time there and uh, you know, pick up a couple of uh, fun things to do. 
Now, when it comes closer to time for lunch, my fourth thing on the list is to go over to Be Our Guest and have lunch. Now, I really like the way they've set up the restaurant, the things that they're doing there, the fact that it's fun and it's kind of inventive and kind of reminds you of the Beauty and the Beast movie. I know it's not exactly the Beauty and the Beast movie. I know it's not perfect. It's not a perfect representation, but it's a pretty good representation of what the Beauty and the Beast movie is all about. And you get a chance to kind of enjoy it and hang out and eat something that's pretty good. You know, you can order your, your sandwich and whatever. And they bring it out on a little cart there and they serve it to you. And it's, it's fun. There's a certain fun factor that goes along with this restaurant. So I do like uh, going into this restaurant. And if you can snag yourself a, a, an advanced dining reservation for a time you know, earlier, all the better. Uh, you know, I like to eat an earlier lunch and then an earlier dinner as well. So Be Our Guest is really fun, and I really enjoy going in there. It's just a nice place to have a, a nice bite to eat. Food's pretty good. It's got a nice atmosphere. And you kind of get that Beauty and the Beast experience out of the way. The room I like the best is actually the dark room where the rose is. Um, that's my favorite. Though the main dining room is pretty cool where it snows in the back part of the room. You can really enjoy that and kind of take it in. Uh, it makes it kind of fun. The other room, the uh, music box room, is, is pretty, and it's, it's really nicely laid out, but it's not my favorite among the three. So after lunch, the next thing I would do is to head over toward uh, Tomorrowland and go ride the People Mover. I like the People Mover. And I know today people call it the Tomorrowland Transit Authority, but I still call it the People Mover. It's just one of those things that's really so unique and interesting. It's, it's run by linear induction motors. And basically what that is is a series of magnets that click on and off and pull the car along on the track. So they can actually change the speed by how quickly the magnets turn on and off. It's a very cool piece of technology, and I'm surprised that in society we haven't used more of that technology because it's a really simple technology, easy to apply, it's easy to fix, easy to maintain, and you can bring the cars back together and you can separate them out. You can do all kinds of different things. In theory, you could do mass transit using something like that where you direct people off in different ways and send, them, send some cars to one direction, some cars to another direction as long as you've built the infrastructure for it. As I understand it, too, from a cost perspective, the, uh, the cost of the electricity to run it is actually smaller than it would be uh, for a similar type of vehicle with gas or some other type of uh, some other, some other form of propulsion. So thinking about it from that uh, perspective, it's environmentally friendly, and it really does work pretty well. So it's one of those things that I think is well worth having, and I really enjoy just kind of experiencing it. Now, one of my favorite things, two of my favorite things on this attraction are when you see Walt Disney's vision for Tomorrowland, when you see what Epcot was supposed to look like, and it really is only part of the model. I think it's about a third, maybe a quarter of the model that he originally built for what Epcot or his City of Tomorrow would look like. There's that part that you go through and you see it, and it's beautiful. And it just kind of has that, it evokes the sense and per, of purpose of what he was trying to do and what, that, uh, what that's all about. So it, it's kind of neat to see. The second part, of course, is going through Space Mountain. And it's neat to see Space Mountain with the uh, lights on. If you happen to go through there and it's down for any reason, the lights might be on and you can see the entire track. Now, if the lights are off, it's a little dark in there, but it's still kind of fun to hear the noise and kind of experience it. Since they've changed it and they've made it darker, you really can't see anything moving anymore, but it is kind of neat to be able to, to see it and experience it. Uh, and I just like going through that. There's a certain thrill in that when I go through it. Now, if you were going to ride some of the roller coasters, this would be a time I would suggest riding Space Mountain. It's sort of after lunchtime. It's not that late. Good time to actually get onto Space Mountain. You might want to get a fast pass for it. If you wanted to use one of your three fast passes, this might be the place to use it. So good time to actually get on it and, uh, and ride it and uh, kind of enjoy it for what it's worth. So the sixth thing on my list would be the teacups. 
I like the teacups. The teacups are a lot of fun. It's just one of those classic attractions that you get on. You sit in the teacup and you're spinning around. There's really nothing really sophisticated about it or really that interesting about it. It doesn't tell a detailed story, but it's fun. It's motion in many different directions. Now, for whatever reason, I can ride the teacups and that doesn't bother me. I think it has something to do with being able to see the horizon and the horizon stays level. There's no up and down motion. There's side to side in many directions, but there's no up and down. And that's what gets me every time is that up and down motion. So the teacups are a lot of fun. I like to, uh, like to spin it really hard and make the kids spill over and just everybody's giggling. It's one of those things that just makes me happy. You know, you're sitting on it and it's just fun. It's just, there's a certain thrill in it while you're just spinning around and having some fun with it. Now, again, if you were going to ride roller coasters, this would be a good time to ride the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. That one I would suggest you do get a fast pass for. So that was one where I think you need to be able to, uh, to uh, have a fast pass so you can get in there. Uh, the line, sometimes you catch it at the right time. It doesn't take, it's not as long, but if you, wanted to ride, if you wanted to ride it, that would be the right time, sort of after you get off the teacups. Maybe you want to wait a few minutes to let your uh, stomach settle or your eyes kind of stop uh, swirling around because sometimes you get a little cross-eyed when you're riding on the teacups. So you might want to wait a couple of minutes so you can enjoy it, but this would be a good time to get it in at that time of day. Seventh on my list would be to ride Buzz Lightyear. Now, I like the Buzz Lightyear ride. I know it's, it's a totally silly ride. You're just sitting there and you're uh, joining Buzz Lightyear on his quest to stop the evil Emperor Zerg. And it seems kind of silly and you're just sitting there shooting the laser cannon. But it's fun. It's just a fun time to ride through there and try and get the maximum score you can. Now, if you're lucky, you can get the all nine score. And I've gotten it before. Uh, it's, it's hard. It's challenging anyway. You have to hit the, the right sequence of the, uh, of the targets in the right places. When you go through the one big room where there's all the different aliens and everything, in the back there's like a volcano and there's two targets on it. If you hit the lower one, you get a lot of points for that. You also want to think about hitting targets kind of on the back side of things where you want to shoot at uh, anything that's on the back or kind of in an obscure position where it's a little harder to get to. Those are the kinds of uh, targets that you want to hit to get the maximum number of points. So it's kind of a fun ride to go through and just kind of enjoy the purpose of, you know, getting all these points and disrupting all the aliens, as they say, and helping uh, Buzz Lightyear to save the galaxy. It's just a fun ride. There's something about it that I really like uh, that, that just makes it kind of fun. Now, I've gotten lucky a couple of times and been able to get off of Buzz Lightyear and ride Buzz Lightyear again in a short amount of time. So if you can do that, all the better. Just get a chance to try and improve your score from the last time if you can. Those are the top seven things I would do kind of in order getting to this point. Now, if you've got a little time left, you want to go around and maybe catch a couple of the other attractions and see some other things, I think there's some opportunities to get in things. Depending on how you plan your day and how the lines work for you and FastPass Plus works for you, this might be a time when you look at it and you realize that it's about time for dinner. So, you know, maybe it's getting to be 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, something like that. We had an earlier lunch. It's starting to get hungry. It's time for dinner. So for dinner, my eighth thing is to go over to the Columbia Harbor House back over in Liberty Square. Yeah, I know. I've kind of violated my own principle here of cutting back across the park. But it makes sense in the grand scheme of things because I want to eat dinner there. And then I want to head back over to Adventureland to finish, uh, to finish my day. So I like, to, uh, I like to actually go over to the Columbia Harbor House. It's sort of got this nautical theme. And there's some pretty good food in there. Look. The Magic Kingdom, to me, I don't think has any great food. Cosmic Rays is okay if you just want a burger or some chicken or whatever, but I think Columbia Harbor House has a little bit more interesting uh, menu available to you. So you can get a couple of different dishes in there. Their tuna salad's pretty good. Their fish and chips is pretty good. 
and a couple of the other dishes come out pretty nicely too. What I like to do is I like to get my food and I go up to the second floor. Uh, there is actually a second floor in this restaurant and sit up there and kind of uh, look out toward the rivers of America and, and see the Liberty Bell Riverboat. It works out pretty well. It's kind of a nice place to just sit and relax for a little while and just take it in. So I like actually doing that and going over to the Columbia Harbor House. It's it, Like I said, it's, it's a good meal. Uh, it's not great. And it's, if you take a little time and kind of experience the Columbia Harbor House and see it for what it is, it's supposed to be this inn and restaurant that's in a country town somewhere near a port uh, in the Northeast. So you go into it and you have all these nautical themed things going on. There's pieces of boats, there's, um, there's displays, there's flags, there's uh, pictures from, uh, from different books. All of these things kind of paint the nautical picture for you and it makes it kind of fun. If you spend a little time kind of enjoying it, you really get something out of it. Ninth on my list is to go over to the Jungle Cruise. Now, I like to do the Jungle Cruise at night. Most people say, Jungle Cruise at night? Wait, doesn't the Jungle Cruise only run during the day? Aha! The Jungle Cruise actually does run at night as well, and I actually prefer the experience at night over the one during the day. Now, they're both good, they're both fun, but the one at night is just a little bit different. It's more compelling in a way because you can't see everything until you get up on it. It kind of makes a little bit of a surprise element to it. You're going along and you see things as you as the uh, night progresses. So you, you're in the boat and they turn on some lights on the side of the boat and you get to see them just as you're coming up to them. So you can't really see them in the distance and it just kind of makes it that much more interesting. And I really do like riding at night. Now the later in the evening you can ride it, the better. Here's why. As you get later in the day, more people are going off to do other things and they don't think about the Jungle Cruise running at night. So you can get in a queue and you can actually be on a boat with very few people. And if you happen to be there near the end of the day, the skippers are just fantastically fun. They're just having a great time because it's the end of the day, it's the end of their shift. They're just trying to close it up and they're gonna say some things that are just a little bit different than you might hear on a regular cruise throughout the day. I mean, I remember a couple of times going through and one of my favorites was the one where the uh, skipper's going along and he goes, I've, I've never been here before. I'm scared. Here, you take the wheel. <laughs> you know, that sort of a thing. And he just kind of does something that's, that sort of um, plays it up a little more. And it just makes it that much more compelling. Um, the other one I like was one time we were going through and there's the uh, tail of the aircraft that's there. I think I've told this story before, but we're going along. And the, uh, the captain, the skipper, looks at us and he goes, well, there's a downed aircraft over there. That can only mean one thing. Hippos. The hippos climb up in the trees and they sit up there and they jump up and they can take an aircraft out of the sky. And he goes, but I know how to get them. And he starts flipping the lights on and off on the uh, boat. And he's saying, hippos, please get out the trees. Hippos, please get out the trees. Oh my goodness. It was so much fun. I rolled. It was so funny. And he was just, he was great. It was just one of those moments when it was so unexpected, it just made it a wonderful experience. You know, it's those unexpected surprises, right? And it really made it really incredible. So I really like riding the Jungle Cruise at night. You never know what you're going to get. It's a little different than riding it during the day, and usually the queues are a little bit shorter and it kind of works out. And then finally, my 10th thing to see at the Magic Kingdom is actually the fireworks. The fireworks show is pretty much every night, 365 days of the year. There are a few exceptions made when the weather is really bad, they may not run it, but pretty much every night you'll be able to see it. And I like to watch the fireworks. Now, actually, there's a lot of places in the Magic Kingdom you can watch the fireworks. Uh, two of my favorite places that I like to watch it, most people will watch it on Main Street, but I actually have two other places I like to go. One of them is right in front of Space Mountain. Uh, there's a little um, area there, and you'll see some tables and chairs set up in that area. 
And if you stand or sit in that area, you can see the fireworks pretty well just beyond the castle. It's a great viewing location. The other location I like is kind of over by uh, Fantasyland, back near where the, uh, the new uh, Rapunzel area is. If you're standing in that area, you get a pretty good view of them as well. And it's from the other side of the castle. So I'm looking at both sides of the castle, basically. So on the, t- on the Tomorrowland side, it's kind of in front of it. And on the Rapunzel side, it's sort of behind it. So if you kind of think about it that way, you get a view that's actually pretty good. And you get to see the fireworks at an, at an interesting angle. You don't see them right over the castle. But I can trade that off for a, you know, a good viewing location where I get to see the fireworks. For me, that works. So those would be my top 10 things to do in the Magic Kingdom in order, starting from early in the day to late in the day. Now, I like to fill in other things along the way. If I get a chance to ride an attraction one more time or I have an opportunity to go and see something else, you know, sometimes you'll be walking by and you'll just say, hey, look, the, the line for Winnie the Pooh is short. I'm going to jump on it. Or uh, maybe you ride It's a Small World or you go over and you... Um, you catch the, the castle stage show, or maybe you watch the Streetmosphere performers, the people who are performing on Main Street doing their shtick. Maybe you ride the, uh, the horse-drawn carriage up and down Main Street. Those kinds of things where you can fill in with all of these other things to do to make it interesting. You know, sometimes depends on how crowded the park is, how fast you feel like you want to move, how many people are in your party. All of these things contribute to how fast and how quickly you can get through all of these things. Look, I've heard about people who have gone through every attraction in all of uh, Walt Disney World, so all four parks, in a single day. You have to time that up really well to be able to catch the attractions at the right time to be able to get on each of them and be able to get, get in and out before the uh, park closes. But if you do, you can, you can really enjoy it and take it all in, but you're not savoring the moment. You're enjoying all the attractions, but you're not savoring the moment. So I like to kind of spread it out and do these different things and just enjoy it. You do this, you do this, you do this, you have lunch. You do a few more things, you have dinner. You do a few more things and you watch the fireworks and you kind of revel in the day. Maybe you do some character meet and greets along the way. Maybe you pick up a couple of other things you want to do. Maybe you work in a little shopping. It's kind of fun to figure out some things that you might want to do to make the day complete. When I was growing up, we only had the Magic Kingdom. So we'd go to the Magic Kingdom, we'd spend you know, the whole day there. We'd go up for a three or four day vacation. So maybe we'd spend three days in the Magic Kingdom and one day at Downtown Disney. In those three days, we'd repeat some attractions. Certainly, there was, you know, there was some times to repeat it, but we would also go and we would see different things that normally you might miss because you're just trying to go from attraction to attraction. So there's these different shows going on and different things happening, and you want to meet some of the characters, and you want to just take it in. My grandparents were really big on sitting on Main Street. Center Street doesn't exist anymore. That was the one between the Emporium and the store next to it on the left-hand side as you're headed toward the castle. But the other side of the street still has a little alcove there where they do the uh, silhouette cutouts. You can go in there and go down the street, and there's a couple of tables there, and you can just sit and relax. My grandparents used to do that, and they'd sit there for two hours, and they'd just watch people go by. There was a, on the uh, Center Street side, there was all these flowers that were there, so it was always fun to just sit in there and just relax. So we'd sit with them for a while and, wa- and people watch. People watching is one of the greatest things, especially when you're at the Magic Kingdom. There's just something wild-eyed and wonderful about watching people as they go through their day in, in the Magic Kingdom. And there's lots of places you can sit and relax and just enjoy it and uh, revel in watching people go by. So there's, there's something to be said for that and you know, not rushing it and just really taking it all in and just enjoying yourself. So there you go. That's my top 10 things to do in the Magic Kingdom uh, on any day that you might go there. You might have a slightly different list. You might want to check out some of the roller coasters. But that's how I would go through my day. And I hope you enjoyed kind of living through this virtual day with me. 
So that's my podcast for this week. I hope you've enjoyed it. And remember, if we can dream it, we can always do it. Thank you for tuning in to the Disney View podcast. We hope you had a pleasant stay and arrive home safely. Please remain seated until your ride vehicle stops completely. Then, gather your personal belongings and step out onto the moving platform. And yes, I know it went by so quickly, but don't worry. One of the nice things about traveling on this podcast is that the journey is just beginning. Show notes are available on DisneyWorldPodcast.net. While there, please check out some of our affiliates. You'll also find links to Dave's iPhone and iPad apps. There's an app for pin trading, one for finding hidden Mickeys, and an app for finding and tracking pressed pennies around the Walt Disney World Resort. And you never know just what Dave is working on next. If you have questions, feel free to drop Dave an email at davesdisneyview at gmail.com. Original music you're hearing in this podcast is Oslo Doom by Gilberto Gilles. Of course, this is a fan podcast and in no way affiliated with the Walt Disney Company. 